0: Of course, some of y'all remember me. I used to be the annoying little kid that ran around here. Now I'm an annoying little adult that runs around up there. So, like my father said, we, uh, like I said, we go to different churches, but I'd like to remind everybody we're all part of the same church. And so, you notice in that video that I was not in any of those pictures, <laughs> uh, and that's because I didn't get to go on the trip. We had some medical issues, and I did not get to get on the next plane. So. I have bad ears, got pretty sick in December, and then when we got on the plane, my ears did not cooperate. So we were in, see, December 26th, we were in the New York airport. It was a crazy thing because Southwest Airlines had canceled about 70% of flights, and I couldn't hear anything, but there was a lot of commotion going on. (laughs) And so we had to figure out what to do, because before we had got on the plane, we knew I might have some issues. And we talked and prayed about it, and we just decided, I mean, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to end up going on the trip. I felt that's what the Lord had told me, is that it just wasn't time. But I got on that first plane anyway, and he reminded me and humbled me pretty quickly that it was not time. <laughs> so, but I have a first side. Yeah. And it was speaking about timing, because, again, we could not think, how would you guys provide for us and allow us to go on this trip and not be able to. So Isaiah 60, verse 22, it says, No matter what you may be facing today, trust in God's assurance that everything will fall into place in his perfect time. So we had struggled with why I couldn't go, but it was his plan is always better than our plan. Yep. And So then I stayed in with a buddy of mine, picked me up from the airport. Still don't have my luggage.
1: <laughs> like right now, still doesn't have it.
0: <laughs> still, but... Maybe the Lord will provide a check from Southwest Airlines. So, whatever. But anyway, my wife did get to go on the next plane, well, the next several plane rides to spend two weeks over there. And she's been over to Kazakhstan seven, eight, plenty of times, enough to develop a relationship with people who have grown there. So my wife will be speaking the majority about what happened on the trip because, you know, I was not on the trip. She is a woman that is led by the Lord in everything she does. Every decision we make, she consults him, and she reminds me that he is in control. And so y'all get the privilege to listen to her speak about this. Thanks.
1: Hello. My name is Dalen Collins. Um, for those of you who may not know us, we are BJ and Daylin Collins. Among many others, we belong to Brian and Joanne. <laughs> And I'm very happy to belong to Brian and Joanne. Um, The first thing I'd like to say is thank you. Whether you know you helped us or not, you did. Um, It came close to the end of the time, and it's not cheap to fly across the world for two people. So towards the end, we were asked how much was left, and your church actually covered the remainder of our trip fund. So I really do appreciate it, even though... One of us did not get to go. Um, I'm going to read most of this because I will get off track if I don't. Um, A part of you sending us out, it's just as important as us actually going. Um, As we've been blessed by going and the people who were there were blessed by going, you will be blessed also for sending us. So thank you for that. Like BJ said, I've been to Kazakhstan more times than I can actually count. I've actually lost count. I can kind of look back on pictures from Facebook, but I've been going since high school, so mm, I don't know. I praise God that I don't know how many times I've been there. <laughs> Every trip is unique in its own way, though, um, but not a single one has been like this last one. I've never been as a married woman. <laughs> I'm not sure if I've ever seen the Lord move in a more visible way than he did in this past trip. A few weeks before the trip, as BJ said, a couple things happened, but it wasn't just B.J. One of our leaders had to make a decision to stay home with his wife, um, and he's someone that has been on every single trip, has led most of the trips, and he's kind of a very solid rock for our teams that go. Though the circumstances weren't the best, we all knew that the Lord was keeping him home for some reason. He was choosing his bride as, church, as Jesus has done for the church. It is actually a little, uh, it's a beautiful story of restoration from years past, Still, it was a little scary for some that he wasn't going, but he was a staple on every trip I've personally been on. He's been on way more trips than I have. So our numbers went from 18 to 17 on that day. At this point, a woman from our church said she felt like the Lord was showing her that we were Gideon's army. I don't know if you've heard that story, but it's basically where the Lord kept telling him, you have too many men in your army, you need to send some home. And he did it multiple times. We didn't know that he would keep doing that. Uh, So this is how the Lord would show off to us and everyone involved. As many of you have already heard, we did lose another member of our team. (laughs) It was slightly traumatic to watch him leave our team in the Newark airport. If I'm being completely honest, I was really questioning what the Lord was doing at that moment. I thought to myself, why would the Lord not heal him and want him to go? Why is he not supposed to go? And if I'm being completely honest right now, I still don't know completely. (laughs) I have an idea, though. The Lord made it abundantly clear that the people who did make it there were absolutely supposed to be there. I think it showed many on our team that even though they didn't know why they were coming or they thought they didn't have a purpose on the team, he would show them why they were there. And I think they were all pretty confident that they would find out. We did have one girl on our team who was delivered from demonic oppression. We had relationships restored. We had leaders come into their own. We watched teenagers become young adults and pull their own weight on the trip. It was abundantly clear that each person was supposed to be there. Most of our trips consist of reuniting with friends made over the years. We spent a lot of time eating, a lot of time eating, with one another and fellowshipping with with one another. This trip was over New Year's, and they go pretty hard for New Year's. It's kind of like Christmas around here, but with fireworks. So it's kind of like Fourth of July, New Year's, and Christmas all wrapped into one fun night (laughs) Um, and it kind of feels like a war zone because you can't actually see a lot of the fireworks but you can definitely hear them. Um, Something we did for the community was we made hot chocolate for everyone out of Nutella. Don't know if you guys have tried Nutella hot chocolate but it's delicious. So we did that we made hot chocolate for everyone in the village that we were at and we shot off fireworks in the nearby soccer field. Afterward, I remember speaking to a few few of the locals. They said how much they appreciated it, that they would make this a tradition from now on, that their communities never come together like this, so they were really thankful for it. But the really cool part about it was that we had believers and unbelievers alike coming together just to celebrate. Just not any specific thing, just to celebrate a new year, just being together together. And it was really cool to see it, and I think that having unbelievers around believers like that, and you watch each other take care of each other, and we take care of them too, that's how their hearts tar- start to change and turn towards the Lord. It's not if we beat them over the head with the Bible that they're necessarily going to come to the Lord, but they're going to know uh, know the Lord because of how we treat each other. We were involved in a special needs camp. that We did not go clubbing. I know it looks like we went clubbing. It wasn't a club. It was a party night that we had for the children with the special needs. And they shredded up a ton of paper, and they just started throwing it everywhere, and they just had the time of their lives. It was amazing to see our team come together and uh, the future of those children. It was a sports camp meant to show them that they can do anything. I learned—this is very sad—I learned that in Kazakhstan just years ago, probably 20 years ago, If you were born with a physical disability, you were discarded completely. You were left in a warehouse, left in an orphanage. They were deemed completely unworthy of a quality life. But there's a family there that we've known and supported for years. One of their daughters has cerebral palsy. You saw her in the video. Her smile is incredible. The joy she has is infectious. She's probably the happiest kid I've ever seen, actually. This is the family that runs the camps a few times a year. It was truly amazing to see in a country where these kids used to be cast aside, they were now being celebrated because the Lord can do things like that. One thing I look forward to on every trip is meeting with their prayer intercessors at their church. They are mostly the older women of the church who come together and pray often. It is humbling to pray alongside of them, for them, but to be prayed over by them, it's, it's one of the most moving things that's, that happens every time. That same evening that we met with them, it was I was honored to speak to over 200 women in a celebratory women's event that they held. They had a men's event the week um, before that that one of our members spoke at. But it was really cool because they had the men of their church serve the women's, serve the women dinner, and then we had worship together, and then I gave a testimony. I'm still praying that the word that I gave has lasting effects on their lives, not because of anything I said or did, but that the Lord moved in their hearts. One thing I really love about the Lord is how much He loves stories. When I was going over what I was going to talk about with the translator, because it's an ordeal to translate in the middle of a message, they kept trying to find teaching points in my message because they're more literal and they need some points and they need to write it down. (laughs) But when I was going over it with them, they were confused about parts of my story because they weren't perfect and they didn't understand why I would teach them something like this. But here's the thing. The Bible is full of stories about imperfect people all pointing us back to Jesus. That was my goal. My goal was that my story would point people to Jesus and I pray that my life always points people to Jesus because that's all that matters. If you haven't gathered yet, these trips aren't like your typical mission trips. We don't go off and build houses or install water filtration systems that is anymore. Much of that foundation was built over 20 years ago by our missions pastor, Bruce Shockley, and earlier teams. I'm so grateful for the groundwork that they've laid and that we can do what we do now. They built the computer center that we spend most of our time in. That's where we eat all of our meals. Um, It's where we had the New Year's Eve thing. He's put in countless water filtration systems, so he's done the work ahead of time so these people trust him, and man, do they trust him. (laughs) Like I said before, much of our time is spent reconnecting and encouraging the people of Kazakhstan, but especially those in the church there. They are a first-generation church. I've heard the doubts about these kinds of trips and that we don't really do anything. What they're not considering is the reach that these people have to go into their surrounding countries. They get to go into countries that we would absolutely struggle getting into, like Korea and China and Mongolia and Russia and all these other places but they speak the languages we don't know. It reminds me of Paul and his letters. He still made the trips and went out into the world, but he also spent time and effort into encouraging other churches to do the same thing. I kind of want to do that today. That's kind of why I'm here is to tell you about it so that you can go out and encourage others to just tell people about Jesus. It's, it sounds a lot harder than it really is. But again, I just wanted to thank you all for helping our team get to Kazakhstan. Thank you for letting me share today As we encourage our friends in Kazakhstan, I want to encourage you to also bear your cross. Whether your cross is across an ocean or across a street, Jesus is worth telling the truth about. He is worthy of choosing, and we all know that. And if you don't already know that, I'm here to tell you, he's worth choosing. He loves you more than you could ever imagine. He shows his love perfectly. He is our perfect friend, our perfect comforter, our perfect protector. He's worth telling others about. He's worth showing our love of Christ. In John 13:35, he tells us that our love for one another will prove that we are his disciples. Our love for one another will point others to him. And that's the whole point. Again, thank you for letting me share.